Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Ben Roethlisberger back to pass, looking and throws, and it is complete touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster on a third and four, and his third touchdown pass for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Juju having fun in the end zone. He's missed from 47. He's had one block from 44. He's missed from 42. He's missed an extra point. Snap, set, kick. Redemption for Gostkowski. The Titans get the win over the Broncos despite special teams that weren't very special. Bronco fan Scott Gerrard suffering online, predicting an hour in advance. You just know he's going to kick a game winner, and sure enough, kicked a game winner. It wasn't pretty, but the Titans get the win. Before that, it was pretty for the Steelers. They dominated the Giants. They look good. You enjoy your Monday night doubleheader, PK? Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. No, I was okay with it. I mean, I don't live and die by any of these teams, so I don't suffer. I don't understand the suffering as a fandom. That doesn't make any sense to me. If it's that painful, don't watch it, but that's always been me. Well, it wasn't painful for the Steelers. They looked like a playoff team. There's certainly a long way to go, and maybe it's because the Giants are horrible. Throwing picks at the end of 19 play drives, that's pretty pretty painful, but not if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. The uh, injury report, uh, the Niners announced that star tight end George Kittle has a sprained left knee, suffered a loss to the Cardinals on Sunday. His status for this week against the Jets is to be determined but there were fears it was worse, so I suspect they're pretty happy with those results in San Francisco. Uh, static. Over the moon. <laughs> I don't know if they're that fired up. Free agent safety Eric Reed calls the NFL's social justice campaign this season half-hearted at best, and the league's use of video of Colin Kaepernick kneeling while the quarterback remains unside diabolical. Reed said on social media, Goodell uses a video of Colin courageously kneeling to legitimize their disingenuous PR campaign while simultaneously perpetuating systemic oppression. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's not signed. Would he say that if he were signed? If he said that if he were signed, would he be unsigned? Yeah. Uh, Rams coach Sean McVay says he's likely responsible for the NFL memo sent to reinforce that coaches must wear face coverings at all times on the sidelines during games and threatening discipline for all those who don't comply. I figured that memo was directed at me. I've been getting blasted all day about it, so I just love it. I'll do better. I don't think he's the only coach they sent that out for, but if he thinks he is, there you go. He's been getting blasted? That's what he says, yeah. That part of it was more tongue-in-cheek on his part. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. On our flight to Navy, we had tested, and everyone on that plane, on that chartered flight, uh, tested negative. On our return, we were able to test our guys and had a small number of positives. What complicates things a little bit more is that um, the majority of our tests have been uh, asymptomatic. When you're when you're looking through it and trying to find out how many people this could affect or 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 affected, uh, the mindful and the uh, responsible thing to do 
would be to postpone this game, uh, get an early jump on it. And I feel fully confident that uh, we as a football program and sports medicine department and school have done all the, uh, the right things in leading up to this point, including making this decision to postpone the game. Kalani Sataki talking about BYU not playing Army this weekend. He said he couldn't even tell you how many different uh, medical people and agencies he had to talk to. So ultimately, they're not going. I'm sure BYU fans are scratching their head because they see the Texas Tech played, and they've had 75 positive cases since players returned to campus in the middle of June, and six are active currently. So why one school gets to play and another school has to sit, well... That's a question we've been asking for weeks, and it's just one more example. Well, I told you yesterday about the guys, the three guys coming back that were that tested positive, and I told you there were some outside folks involved, and I've been hearing that they've been getting pressure because they uh, are there's teams in the state that aren't playing, so sort of adds up to what I've been saying. LSU defensive lineman Neil Farrell expected to opt back into the 2020 season after initially opting out. Uh, he started in 15 games, all 15 of them last year, as they went 15-0. And LSU's lost several guys, so they'd probably be pretty happy to get him back. Uh, we're very happy to get him back, and we think that he's going to be a major addition to our club as we try to repeat. We've got a lot of talent, a lot of it's inexperience, but, you know, get some experience out on the field, and I think we'll be good. Go Tigers. You two are pretty good at that. That wouldn't have bad. Give it a shot. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> I love LSU. Go Tigers. I think you two are better. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. NBA doubleheader today. Heat and Celtics are starting the Eastern Finals. They're going to play at 440 on ESPN. And then Game 7, Nuggets and Clippers at 7 o'clock. Who's going to the Conference Final? Just heard Steve Cleveland and his take on this. And that, as exciting as Game 7 will be, the Lakers will beat either one of these teams. As long as they don't play their two bigs together. Got to play AD at the 5. That was uh, Steve Cleveland's big point. With AD at the 5, they'll handle either one of these teams. They have three bigs, but don't play them together. I mean, Dwight Howard, too. He hasn't been playing much in McGee. and Yeah, I mean, that, those two guys are just kind of spare parts. So that makes sense. But there's a lot riding on this Clipper thing. You know, Doc Rivers, his rep as a coach, you know, he told us that, the, that the, they love the country, but the country doesn't love them, and it was very tearful and all. Yeah, but that's great. You're paid to win games. That's the reality of it. I mean, people don't want to say it. And if you say anything against the cause, you, you come off as racist, I get that. But this is game seven, and you're paid to win. And you had a 3-1 lead, and you don't have any injuries. So you've got no excuses. And you have to win this game, or this is a monumental, colossal choke. This is this will be one of the bigger chokes that has been out there if they don't win this, in light of all the things that have happened. And you could be a warrior and social justice and all that, and that's great. Go ahead and do it. But you're on company time. You are the two. Oh, go ahead. you got to win. You're the two seed. You're the favorite. You're up 3-1. A lot of people think you're the two seed. The only reason you aren't the one seed is because, uh, you know, you basically rest guys all the time and you never had your whole team together. Basically, you were kind of just laying low. 
A lot of people expect you to win the championship. Going out in the second round with Kawhi Leonard, I mean, you can say go get better players, but they went and got the best players. Oh, it's not. that's not it. I know. They went and got the best players. So now win your second round series. Yeah, I think certainly it's on the players, and of course, but I think it's also on Rivers here. Bucks owner Mark Lazary told Giannis Antetokounmpo the franchise is willing to spend into the luxury tax to get a championship-caliber supporting cast around him. Giannis is up for an extension, or he can play out his final season of the contract and enter free agency next season. Said he wasn't going to demand a trade, but Buck fans will be pretty down if he plays it out and leaves. And he didn't say anything about that. He said he wasn't going to demand a trade. So they're letting him know the cash is there, PK. We'll do whatever it takes. Okay, well, you can let me know, but show me no. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Stevenson, four for ten on the year, and he crushes this one to left field and deep. Way back there, it is gone! Tyler Stevenson, a pinch hit, walk-off, two-run home run to lift the Reds past the Pirates, three to one. Tyler Stevenson walking it off for Cincinnati there in their victory. The uh, Mariners and Oakland Athletics, you see the highlights from that one, PK, is all smoky and hazy in the dorm, in the dome, in the dorm, in the dome uh, from all the fires in the the Northwest. That was kind of spooky looking. Uh, It was on television. I didn't need to see the highlights. I watched it. It was on Fox. Mariners were uh, down 5 nothing and rallied back to win the first game of the doubleheader and get the split there. The uh, Padres beat the Dodgers. Muncie, a couple uh, critical decisions there at first base. Uh, bad decision coming home and then a throw into left field. Two big plays in the beginning for the Padres as they broke open a 1-1 game. So yeah. They're, they're a game and a half back of the Dodgers now with an eight-game winning streak. Yeah, that was a huge. Uh, this is a huge opportunity for them just to show that they belong. I mean, the Dodgers don't really need to show that they belong because they have belonged, and they're not playing with a full, healthy lineup. Uh, but the Padres are the upstart team in 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 all of baseball, really. I mean, the White Sox to a degree, but the White Sox, much like the uh, Padres, had planned for this and spent some money and, and were looking to this as an opportunity. But as far as the National League. And if you can beat these guys, if you can sweep them, wow, that would be something. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's uh, anything going on tonight because Ed Grissom hit a home run. They could put him up 2-1. Yeah, and they didn't like that. He did sort of prance. Yeah. yeah. Look at it for a while and then celebrate and have some more respect. Respect the game, respect Kershaw, all that kind of stuff. Afterwards. They were yelling at him. Yeah, but it's, uh, as he was rounding third, coming to home, Dodger dugout. It's interesting because baseball gets hit up with unwritten rules, but yet for some reason they take the abuse when every sport has it. It's not like they're the only sport that has it. Try jacking up a three at the end of the game and see what happens. Eh, wrong answer. Yeah. Right. So, got to dribble out the clock. Jerry Sloan apologized to who, which player was it. Somebody went and scored at the end of the game, and he apologized for it. Yeah, basketball, they, basketball and the other sports don't get near the blowback for the unwritten rules. Orioles 14 to 1, your blowout of the day. Three home runs in a nine run third inning to uh, crack that thing wide open. Orioles still under 500. Billionaire Steve Cohen 
reached an agreement Monday to purchase majority ownership of the New York Mets from the Wilpon and Katz families. The sale is subject to the approval of Major League Baseball club owners. At least 23 of the 30 owners need to approve the transaction, and then he's the latest guy to try and turn the Mets around. Well, I would approve of the transaction. Well, for $2.5 billion, I expect the owners might too. Why not? What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Kyle Goon covering the Lakers in the NBA for the Orange County Register. We'll talk to Kyle and Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the Deseret News, joins us at 9 o'clock. Kyle's here at 830 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The BYU Army game has been postponed. I did some digging and someone who I trust told me 11 players tested positive and they retested some of those players and a number of them were negative on the second try. But 22 or thereabout players were quarantined because of exposure of one kind or another. I don't doubt BYU is trying to keep this thing under control as best that BYU can do. It's a bummer this happened, but I think it's worth noting that BYU was doing the right thing. They told people about it. They were upfront about it. This is reacting to the situation as opposed to hiding from it, and I think that's the wise thing to do. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. PK, we didn't really get to it yesterday. Uh, We had guests at the end of the show. Uh, We were out on remote and had some technical difficulties uh, getting to the web. But uh, you had a question up on... uh, Facebook that uh, what with several sports going on at the same time, what is taking priority? Last night was pretty busy, although there was no NBA. Uh, there's an NFL doubleheader, uh, lots of baseball on. And we had a lot of feedback and just tons of people. Pro sports has lost me, Aaron says. My kids. I'm out on sports. Uh, Jay Matthew Cheshire says golf. No politics. I did watch some of the U.S. Open uh, preview stuff last night. Uh, Scott says, I'm in for the Ravens. I'll watch a few of the NBA games. I'm shocked by how many people are still not watching sports, but post on things as if they could care less. Move on if you really don't care. And uh, Mike says, right now, none of them. Honestly, I'm only following sports-themed pages on Facebook or Twitter because I'm too lazy to go unfollow. Sports has zero priority in my life, and I'm doing quite well that way. In the end, I got to think most people are still in. I mean, we read a lot from people commenting that they're out, but we've read that before and people haven't really been out. You think two years from now, a lot of people are going to be out, even if there's a short run hit? I don't know. Do you think even six months from now, people will be out? Yeah, I do. I mean, you say most people are in. Actually, most people are out, and they've always been out. Okay, yes, you're right. I mean, even the Super Bowl, half the country doesn't watch. So, yes, most people are out. But of the people who've been out, who have been... Oh, this is going to get confusing. Of the people who have been in, are a lot of them now out. Sports fans. Yes. You're talking about 
the folks who have been in, you're categorically putting them into the position of sports fans. You're labeling them sports fans. Because yes. Non-sports fans, well, they're never going to be in, and they're probably not going to. It would be interesting, actually, though, if there would be some non-sports fans who would be in because they are hyped up on the social movement and activism, so maybe that draws them in. I don't know that there would be a large number, but there's probably got to be some who think, wow, I have more respect now for these guys doing what they're doing, so... I'm going to be in to show my support. There's probably, in a country of millions, somebody out there who's going to say, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But if you're not into sports, it's hard to turn on a a person who just isn't into it. He or she's into whatever they're into, uh, and it's not sports. Normally, they, they don't. They don't get in unless a family member gets in or whatnot. So you got those folks of the of the sports fans. Yeah, I think there's some that have really been turned off. I mean, there's you know you just read the stuff on on Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and and it it seems like whatever they're going to do the NFL is not going to be enough for them because if it's enough, well then their voice isn't heard anymore and then they just go away. And in order for uh, them to be relevant, it's got to be things aren't going the way we want them. Because if things are going the way we want them, you know, diet companies, do they really want everybody to be at the proper weight? Then you don't have a diet company anymore. <laughs> so uh, sort of the same type of principle. So they're always going to be complaining or whatever word you want to use. If that doesn't float your boat and you support them 100% and you don't want to use complaining, you fill in the blank on whatever word you want to use. I don't have any problem with whatever word you want to use. They're always going to be active because it's never going to be good enough. If it were, then there's no need to get in touch with you, and nobody cares anymore. Everything's great. So I think there's people who are turned off by that. I think there was people who were turned off by uh, guys standing for the so-called uh, other anthem, but kneeling for the for the national anthem. And so, yeah, I think it's very, very real. I mean, the ratings are down. I mean, I don't. I've never really paid attention to ratings. I don't judge my life by ratings, but I understand it's really important. Your your hero Cowherd is always talking about ratings, and that's how he bases a lot of his stuff on. So I guess they must be important. And those numbers are down, and people are to a degree turned off by it. So yeah, I think it's real. Yeah, I think everyone's wondering how much the ratings are down because all the games are happening at the same time. And when they get sprouted in the normal seasons, are they just right now divvying up the existing sports fans because you can't watch everything at once? Well, I think that's for the folks who are employed by their leagues. So they're going to be apologists for them. And other folks who need TV ratings to, to carry on with their money. So, of course, I would suspect those folks to say that. And they very well could be right. I'm not saying that they're not right. But I suspect that, that, that they would say that. Of course they would say that. You know, the candidate who is not the incumbent, we got to change things. We got to get things back on track. This is our chance. Renewal is at hand. And the person who's uh, the incumbent, we're on the right path. We got to continue to go. I mean, so it's predictable. Every four years or whatever election cycle, whatever the office is that uh, the first, the folks are running for, you already know what their message is going to be. And, and so the, the, the people who are, 
employed by the leagues are going to tell you, well, yeah, it's an unusual time and the games are at 430 in the afternoon and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I understand that. Of course, they're, they're trying to sell. They're, what, what they're trying to do is they're protecting their money and they don't want their money to take a hit. And it comes back to money. So wherever your money is, that's the response you're going to give in response to TV ratings sagging. That's why I said, where will it be in six months or two years? I don't know, whatever it is when things get back to semi-normal and they aren't all playing at the same time. Yeah, but I don't think that that, uh, the folks who are on our Facebook, and it's a small, small number, so we're extrapolating on uh, if we get 70 comments out of millions. I understand that. So it's about as unscientific as you can get. But those those folks who are making those statements... They're not based on, well, they're playing the NBA Finals in September. They're based on the activism stuff that's out there. I mean, we haven't heard anything from any, as far as I know, any NBA player talk about the two deputies in Compton who were ambushed sitting in their car. Maybe maybe we have, but I haven't. And Villanueva, who is the sheriff in L.A. County, has actually called out LeBron James. Where are you, big guy? Will you match the the thing here as far as the reward? You know, it's up to, what did I say, $175,000? Uh, and he called him out by name yesterday. I haven't heard any response. Is you know, So there's social activism. I think that's what gets under some folks' skin is there's social activism, but it's like a buffet. And I'll choose this one, but I don't want that one. This looks good to me, this cause, but this cause, I'm not really interested in. China, nap. Steve Kerr, I don't know anything about it. Can't help you, which he later admitted was not the right thing. But over here, man, I'm going to go strong and call that guy a blithering idiot any chance I get. Uh, but over here, yeah, I just don't know. So I think that's what rubs people wrong is you know the choosing of what is out there. And it has nothing to do with that the games are on at an unusual time. And then six months later... That's going to clear up. And six months later, you may decide, you know, I enjoy it too much, and it's too much fun for me to not partake of, so I'm going to jump back in, particularly with the Jazz. And if the Jazz uh, win 30 of their first 40 games and they're looking great, (laughs) my guess is you'd probably peak a little bit (laughs) and get yourself back in. But we've never had this situation. You know, we had baseball – uh, which was a labor dispute, and it was brutal, and they didn't have the World Series, which was in 1994. And so, you know, it was millionaires arguing with billionaires. That's always the cliche phrase. So uh, you probably, you know, you were upset by it, but you didn't have that strong emotional political stance that you do now. Now with the Padres winning the division in 96 and 98, I got over it. Eh, I think you weren't really... I mean, you were bothered by it, but you weren't just, you weren't emotionally charged about it. See, what I'm, I think there's a big difference. Between being disgusted by it and being emotionally charged? Yeah. Probably some truth to that. Yeah, you're thinking, man, these guys are idiots. Yeah. But this other stuff here, hey, but it, look, just, they're winning. it brings out strong, strong emotion uh, either way or there's more than... We, we tend to view things black and white and, and literal and figurative. And there's all sorts of other folks involved uh, that, that, that don't have advantages. 
I'm raising one in my own household, and they don't seem to get near the run that uh, other folks do. But uh, that's – so I can't say on either side because I think there's more than either. I think there's many sides. And, man, it just generates a lot of emotion. And we had Gail Miller on yesterday, and I thought that, you know, the, the question that you asked was so appropriate, and the answer that she gave – uh, you had a little back and forth. I would encourage, I'm writing about it. We'll post it here this morning. Uh, I would encourage people to go listen and, and certainly read what I'm about to put up there. And you can read the quotes and they can stare back at you rather than listening that, to them. And, man, this is strong, strong stuff. That you, the conversation that basically you and Mrs. Miller were having yesterday was very powerful, I thought. You did a good job with it. Thanks. The, the summary of that, uh, and I, well, I don't know what the heck you're writing about, to be honest, <laughs> but the summary, what I'm I was thinking. what she said. Yeah, well, she, she was talking about um, uh, not stifling any voices. Yeah. And, and she talked about, you know, the backstory of what, if you're black in America, what you've had to go through over the years, over the decades, um, no one individual over the centuries, but, you know, as a race over the centuries. Uh, but certainly for the for the people now who she interacts with, you know, if you know their story over the decades, we've had Booner on the air. You know, Booner has spoke out about the violence now. He says rioting didn't get it done in the 60s. It's not going to get it done now. You know, there are a ton of problems in Compton, but vigilante justice isn't the answer. You know, you know walking down the street and opening fire on two cops sitting in a car and there's brutal stories out there about what's going on, but that's still not the answer. You know, it's not. Um, and so anyway, our, our conversation yesterday went on, you know, she's in, invested a lot in education and we were at the golf tournament for Solid Community College and you've got strong back history on the community colleges. Are you going to incu- include that in the story? Is that, I think that story about your sister is really intriguing. Oh yeah. I, yeah that's, that's one of the reasons I've always promoted junior college is because I was there. I saw my sister. You know, I, I, we didn't, uh, I've spoken about this. We didn't have a whole lot of means. You know, everybody knows uh, my father grew up as a janitor. And I was look, looking at a, a former uh, a guy in the community has on his Facebook. We would know the name, but I don't want to embarrass him. And he used to be very high profile. He says, I was raised to treat the janitor with the same respect as the CEO. Okay, I was the janitor. <laughs> And if you've been the janitor, that's sort of a slight. He didn't mean it as a slight. But I, I was raised to treat those folks way down there with the same respect as the CEO who's way up there. And I get it, and you're trying to treat everybody the same. But, man, that really hit me. Because my father, and I bear his name, he was the janitor. And his second job, cleaning a bank building of offices, I would go help him many times at night. And I told the story of a security guard who was African-American, incidentally, was introducing a new security guard. And he's just going by and he's telling people who they were. And he looks at us, my father and I, he says, yeah, these are the janitors. Like, man, those are the scum. (laughs) So I've been there. (laughs) I, I don't deny my white privilege, but my white privilege isn't the same as everybody on our station or employed for sure. So my sister had to go to junior college. And, uh, yeah, end up with her doctorate. How about that? Yeah. Which really pissed me off because she's such a high achiever and I'm not. 
but that's another story. My other my other sister, we've always resented her. I mean, she's the kind who gets her shop Christmas shopping done in August. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would never be yeah. me. Uh, yeah, but you, 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 a task, boom, attack it immediately and get it done. I mean, it's just amazing. Just a brilliant person. She got, uh, she got most of the brains. My other sister and I, which is interesting. Got the guts because we got we had five of us, two sisters, and we had three with the Pats, and the doctorate was not named Pat, Patricia. Patrick, in my case, my father, same name. So, I, I think it was I think it was the curse of the Pats, and I'm just joking here. But yeah, she went to junior college, and uh, that's important, man. Junior college, it's for so many people, it's a lifeline. And, and I would encourage people to go look on uh, Donovan Mitchell because I went back and and listened to it last night as I was writing this thing up, where he talked about education. And you know, Donovan Mitchell just turned 24 the other day. I think it was uh, last Monday. Uh, and that's a pretty young age, but he talked about education in his community, which he means, you know, black folks and yeah, it's just so important. And I look forward to that thing that we do the second Monday of every September, because I know, I know it can really go a long way to changing lives. There's just no doubt improving, improving lives and helping them in their economics. And, and you don't know, money we say isn't everything we, we get all that. But, I mean, you got to have it, right? It's part of life. We can't, uh, you don't want to overplay it, but you certainly can't understate it either. And so for junior colleges, yeah, particularly Salt Lake Community, which is massive, right? Uh, they're for- opening their 12th campus in Harriman. And that includes, I, I think they include the online campus as counted as one for all the people yeah. online. Yeah, you wonder how come there hasn't been other. You go to the, the Phoenix area, which is much bigger. But even when it wasn't much bigger, there was many junior colleges. And here we have Solid Community, which serves the needs of so many people and is so important. So, yeah, you're right. It is it's something that uh, junior college is near and dear to me. And, and the funny thing is, <laughs> so my one sister who uh, got her doctorate and graduated and all that stuff, uh, you know, they're, they're, both of them are several years older than me. And uh, so she just hammered in my deal. You got to go away. You got to go away. Got to go away. Got to go away. <laughs> Because I would have been perfectly content to just go to Glendale Community, which would have been the closest one to where we lived in North Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And but she's no, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. I didn't go, I didn't go, I didn't go. So I, I mean, she was like my most influential person at that time of my life. So I just blindly did whatever she said. So that's why I went to Northern Arizona in Flagstaff because you got to go away. <laughs> I didn't know any better. <laughs> it's so interesting, uh, you know, where you grow up. Because coming to Utah from California, my parents told me the same thing. Because my mom went away to college. Ironically, she went to UC Santa Barbara from San Diego also. And dad didn't. He stayed and went to San Diego. Well, he went in the military for two years. But then he, um, then he was at San Diego State. And, uh, and he had a bad experience. She had a good one. So they hit me and my brothers. You got to go away. You got to go away. You got to go away. Uh, we heard that nonstop. And, really? And by the time I got there... Trust me, I wanted to go away. There was no part of me that wanted to stick around. I was ready to go away in the middle of my junior year. All right, let's go. I'm ready. And I wasn't. Let's I wasn't move at all. on. <laughs> I was fine where I was. Yeah. No, I because was... at that point, I was the youngest, and my parents pretty much said, just, just, just be smart. 
son. <laughs> so I had, which always got under the skin of my sisters because I just had total freedom. So I didn't need any more freedom. I already yeah, had it. I know my brother. I, I know I had five million rules. And my, you see, at least there's a big age gap in your family. My family was like three and a half years, and like I had five million rules and couldn't take the car to go to a basketball game, which was you know an hour and a half walk away. So. And then my brother is dancing in Tijuana at three in the morning. I mean, what what happened here? Don't tell me more. <sighs> Don't get me started. Anyway, <laughs> all this child problems. Seriously, I was the, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Yeah, and then later on, oh, you're the oldest. You're the. It's like I couldn't take the car to go to basketball practice. You went to Tijuana at two a.m. Don't tell me more. He went at two. He crossed the border at two in the morning. No, I think he came back at two a.m. Okay, yeah, because you just he was, starting your night that, at 2 a.m. And when that happened, they were extend- he was in college then. He wasn't in high school, and there was somebody visiting or something. I don't know, whatever. I heard about it. I just I didn't even want to know. Honestly, I didn't even want to know. I'm like, what? A- I don't even want to hear it. Just stop it. To this day. I don't was he know. smiling when he came back? I have no idea. I was out of town. I heard about it weeks later. Oh. Uh. So, there you go. Oh, that was a rambling discussion, wasn't it? All right. When you get to post a story for people who missed the interview or don't want to go, if you want to hear the interview, it's up at 1280thezone.com. I, I think uh, that... Uh, just finishing it up right now. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, the one thing I didn't get to in that was I... And I don't... You know, we have so little access to them now and so little opportunity to interview. I don't even know the last time Jordan Clarkson was interviewed. But in one of the stories I've seen, I saw a passing reference to the fact that Somehow the Jazz connected him. I think it's with the Salt Lake City School District. I'm not 100% sure of that. And whether he's doing something for sports programs or after-school programs, you know, it's like Black Lives Matters is a discussion about just this wide array of stuff. Right now, police brutality has obviously been one of the major issues, but it's not that. You could tell by the 30 or 40 or whatever approved things they could put on their jersey, right? Uh, Joe Ingalls had ally and somebody else had vote and somebody else had education reform because there are all these things. It's like at the end of the day, what what is Jordan Clarkson going to spend his time and or money on? And it's like an after school program or sports programs or something like I'm not clear exactly what it is. It was a passing reference and a story someone else did. But like that is what really speaks to him. And we're going to get all wound up about that. I think when you do the work, the, the words can be really divisive, especially now. I mean, these are just divisive times. It's like the one thing we all ought to be able to agree on is that they're divisive times. But the work, when you're doing the work, somebody who doesn't go to the same church as you, doesn't vote for the same candidate as you, doesn't, uh, I don't know, what, uh, live on the same side of I-15 as you, what else divides people uh, routinely in Utah? Uh, not the same race. You know, all that stuff melts away when you see how they invest their time and money, if they invest their time and money kind of the way you do, you know? And so to see that out of Jordan Clarkson, who's, you know, brand new, I mean, the trade's still not, still hasn't been a year, right? It was nine months ago, essentially? Yeah, yeah, nine months ago? Sometime. Yeah, so how much, I mean, how much do we ever know these guys? They're celebrities, you know, their lives don't intersect with ours. We know 1% of their lives, whatever happens on that 94-foot court, you know? And whatever they say in a, in a post-game interview. You know, and you hear that, and you're like, man, there's, there's people all over Utah who are invested in after-school programs or sports for youths. Or, you know, it's like, is Jordan Clarkson really that different than you? 
You know, the, you hear the words and you think, yeah, I don't have anything in common with these guys. But then you see the actions, you think, maybe I do have something in common with these guys. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Kyle Goon's going to join us. We're talking NBA playoffs at 8.30. Jay Drew at 9 o'clock, BYU football writer for the D News. Cougars adding a game. We will get to that coming up. Stay with us. It's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. A couple news items out of BYU. Yes, uh, they have had to postpone the game against Army. Not sure when that's going to happen. There's a lot of reasons why when you deal with state governments, uh, not just Utah, but New York as well. Look, I've got a ton of respect for Tom Homo, and I think he's done a tremendous job given the situation he's in. But Kalani shouldn't be the guy having to answer these questions. If I'm off base, let me know. But those are questions that should be at Tom Homo. My hope is that they make Tom available. There's just too many questions in regards to the college landscape. Well, what are they going to ask me? I'll tell you what they're going to ask you. They're going to ask you very pertinent questions that BYU fans deserve answers to and that Kalani shouldn't have to answer. Frankly, it needs to happen. It does and it should. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK joined the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! PK, you and I are both on the call with uh, BYU, the Zoom call. Kalani Sataki, a couple players talking during that. And uh, a couple takeaways from that. Uh, there were a lot of questions about Army and, and what happened. And Kalani brought up, you know, rescheduling. And he looked at the dates, like a lot of us did, and realize well, Thanksgiving weekend is open there, that fourth Saturday in November. They could play there. And yet they haven't announced their playing year there. Should we read into that at all? Uh, the Louisiana Tech game got announced. Tom Holmo said a while ago, uh, we're looking for opportunities to schedule games during the season, <laughs> which just seems crazy when games are scheduled a decade out. But nonetheless, they just added Louisiana Tech during the season, so he wasn't kidding when he said it. I assume BYU would schedule that Army game again in a heartbeat, so I assume it's uh, Army that's holding it up, but Kalani didn't want to go anywhere near answering that that at all. He's, you know, no reason well, to that's not his that. job. It's not, right. And we just heard, heard Scott and Hans uh, on the promo talk about Tom Homo. I just, for the life of me, don't understand why they have sequestered him and he can't speak. It, you, you, it's just not that important of a position. To where you can't speak. I, I, the, the, the once you think they've sequestered self. him? Because I've always assumed he's sequestered himself. Well, they being everybody. I mean, if you want he, that's fine. If you want himself, whatever. I just used it. I did. I used that word indiscriminately. Okay. I wasn't assigning yeah. uh, any uh, responsibility to anyone. The, the once or twice a year just isn't good enough. Uh, I mean, Mark Harlan makes himself available, and we're not even his station. He comes on. Yeah, I think I think you need to do that. I think you need to speak to your constituents. Be careful here. You're not that powerful, uh, and so that's not Kalani's job to speak on scheduling. It's like they they've been doing it now for years because when they were going independent ten years ago, Bronco in that August training camp had to answer for it every day. We've been yep. down this road for over ten years. Yep. And I don't know why he he should be answering football questions, not scheduling questions. That's that's not his job. Doesn't make any sense to me, but. That's what they're going to do. It, it, it doesn't really, uh, you know, I mean, I don't care either way because I can get my information 
from other folks, and I do. <laughs> it's it's very easy to get information. You've been around as long as I have. I'm I'm an old oldest dirt now, and uh, so and people trust me and give me information. And I was told Saturday that they're going to do everything in their power to try to reschedule that game. Uh, but at the same time, you can draw conclusions now. Well, what's the hurry at this point? <laughs> Uh, because BYU really wants it. Does Army really want it? I don't know. I don't speak for anybody from Army. I don't know anybody who is uh, employed by Army uh, at all whatsoever as far as that goes, so I, I can't answer that, but I can draw the conclusion. Well, what's the hurry now? I mean, why do you have to reschedule it uh, three, two, three days after you postpone it? There are those two dates there, that last week in November and first week in December. Yeah, and so they're obvious. And uh, BYU wants it. Their kids want to play. Their fans want them to play. And we in the media would love for them to play. Another game. More games, the better, man. Never hurt me. So I think that's where they're at. And and working towards uh, taking care of their situation. And to get back out on the field, uh, what do we would now would be, what, uh, like 12 days out? Yes. Trying to do math on the radio. Yes, 12 days out. Play the home yeah. opener a week from Saturday. Against uh, the men of Troy? The men of Troy. The Troy Trojans. Doesn't it, when you call them the men of Troy, doesn't that kind of up the uh, the cachet of the team? <laughs> it sounds tough, doesn't it? The men of Troy. <laughs> That's what they call SC, so obviously it's not SC. So, uh, yeah. And I don't have any problem with them playing Troy. Games are games at this point. Get, get whatever, Law Tech. All for it, man. And get Gary Croton on when that game comes around. He's the coach there. <laughs> the, Gary, you coach both these He's programs. down in St. George. We can give him a call. Is he still doing oh, he the is, high school yeah, football he was, thing? Uh, He's the offensive coordinator I, uh, for Pineview High School. Well, I, I told a story uh, somewhat recently. Last spring, a friend of mine was uh, getting takeout at a restaurant. I think it was a Mexican place in St. George. And uh, he was sitting outside waiting for the food to be brought out, you know, because that's where they some of them are open now. But a lot of them, you know, you'd, you'd call in and then they'd deliver the food to you. Right. So he's sitting out on the bench and guy comes up and it's right around eight o'clock when they're when they're closing. And the guy thought it was closed. He wasn't sure. And my friend said, oh, I, I think it's open. And so they, they place his order and then the, the guy stands, sits there socially distancing and they start chatting up and my friend says man you look really familiar <laughs> uh, do i know yeah i know you and who, who, what's your name he says my name's gary croton <laughs> and it my friend and which doesn't surprise me because uh, i really respect gary as a man big time he had obviously issues coaching football at BYU, but as a person i had enormous respect for him and my friend said that gary was uh quite cordial and you know very humble didn't play up but oh i used to coach byu football and it wasn't that at all he was the uh, coordinator for the uh, pineview team in st george his son was the quarterback at the time and i don't know this and i and and gary i think was actually teaching there it wasn't just one of these paraprofessionals they call it i think he was in the PE department as an actual teacher uh, i'd have to double check that but that's what i remember my friend saying and uh he said that gary had told him that last that last year was going to be it because his son was a senior. And I think his son was looking to catch on with Idaho State. I'd have to double check that. I, University too, of Idaho, McLeod, he's up there. Oh, is that what he's going to play for the Vandals. University of Idaho? Yeah. yeah. According to what I know, Gary actually stayed on for at least this year. So he's actually still coaching. Oh, cool. Yeah, good for him. Oh, yeah, the guy loves football and loves coaching. 
I mean, he coached a little league team if if he wanted to. I mean, the guy just loved it. Taught me a lot of football. I've said this many times. Taught me football. Brought me into his room. Just went over the the coverages of the defensive backs, the Tampa two, and all that stuff. It just was drawing all that stuff, and he wasn't doing it to spout off or anything. He was just somehow we got in that situation, and and I don't even remember why. And he was just going through. Uh, what they were, I think they were up going to play Colorado State or something that week. He's just going through and just diagramming everything. Watched a half of football with him live, and uh, as they were breaking the huddle and he could see the defense, he was describing uh, what play he thought was going to be run. I mean, Tony Romo has got a ton of run for doing that. Well, Groton was doing it to, with me big time. They were sitting there watching a, a, a football game. So, uh, yeah, La Tech. Certainly, plenty good, and then they won ten games last year. They're, They're one of those team, teams yeah. like San, like San Jose, right? Well, depending on who they have, they could be fairly decent in in a given year, or maybe Fresno is a better. Example. I was about to say, <laughs> I think they're better than San Jose. I think Skip the, Holtz, he's been on there for I think six or seven years. It, now. It's a percentage of good seasons, you know. I, I think is more Fresnoish. I might have to look it up, but. Yeah, I was just thinking when when Fres or on San Jose had fails. Yeah, they were they were good there. They were, McIntyre, they were good yeah. that year, so they can get some guys that come through the college football system and find their way to San Jose. Fresno's probably a better example because Fresno, over the years, has had some real crappy teams and it's had some really good teams. Uh, and so you're not really sure who they have because uh, they get a lot of kids that are bounce back kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like San Jose State in basketball. Well, Who's eligible? A higher level would be Gonzaga. Gonzaga is always good, but you have to double check the roster each fall to see which transfers are eligible. Because it seems like they get a lot of bounce back kids too, and then it gets them in few system and they blossom and they become very good players for him and they have great teams. So I'm excited for that Law Tech game. And if they can get that Army game, that'd be great. Absolutely, be great. Hopefully they can. Hopefully they play. So what would that be? That would be nine games if if everything came off and they added re-added Army back. Yeah, it'd be nine, nine games. Yep, right. Louisiana Tech is eight now. Army would be nine. Six home games, three road. That's that, actually that's great. If they, if that's all they did, and they actually all got played, that would be ecstatic. And Tom has done some great things as an athletic director. There's no question. And this would be right there. If if they pull off all these thing all these games, this would be good, you know. And I, I've I've spoken to Tom off to the side a little bit, and we've laughed about some of these games that he's scheduling, and and I and I contemplate I had to you know exchange some conversation with him, like where do you think we'll be when the Army game is played uh, here, you know, because what's it in the two thousand thirties. Twenty thirty two. We're about the same. Yeah, we're in the same generation. I hope we're alive. And he laughed, and (laughs) and he's saying, "You know, I'm sure as heck not going to be in this office." Well, the reality is, they need Tom. They need him now. And and I would, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think his retirement is imminent by any stretch. But they, I think they, I think he needs to stay in that job at least another five years. Ooh, really? uh, Yeah, I do. Last time I was down there for one of the that that came up. And it was the first time I'd ever heard him talk about retirement like it was realistic. And he, he put, I mean, he's smart enough to put, you know, no numbers on it. There's, there was no number. So you just kind of have to read into the tone. And that made me uh-huh. think, oh, I wonder how long he is for this job. And he left, well, it, kinda, yeah, I think you, you... <clears throat> and he left it out there in a gray area. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he's saying stuff like, uh, 
uh, you know, I have friends I really trust in this. And if uh, I think he used some analogy, I don't remember if it was like, if I lose my fastball, they'll let me know or, you know, something like that. Um, but he, you know. Well, there's other ways to get guys out, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, it definitely <laughs> it definitely made me think. Well, he's thought about it, and he's talked to people about it. Of course. And so if he, if he walks in, in two or three years, you can't be surprised, right? But, I, and he left the door open. He could be there five or seven or eight years because he didn't say he wouldn't. You know, I mean, you just— Well, as long as you got your health and your passion, you're good to go. It doesn't matter what age you are as long as you got those two. I've always, uh, that's, that's always been my belief. If you got your health and your passion, you're good to go. I mean, Nick Saban is pushing 70, and, he, and obviously, and Pete Carroll, those guys have their health and their passion for their jobs, and they're very good at them. They're outstanding. And so why wouldn't you keep doing it? I don't know what Tom would be thinking in a few years, but I think for the sake of the department, the athletic department as a whole, I think they need a steady, experienced person in there with a lot of connections to guide them through these next several years because potentially where we sit today, this is a crazy year right now, but when things get back to normal, even at that, it's still, I don't want to overstate and say it's a perilous time, but it's a fluctuating time and you need somebody to to, to know what they're doing to guide you through because in five years, BYU's athletic department can look radically different you take a look at utah state and byu or utah i should say utah state and utah i don't think in five years it'll it's going to look radically different there may be some faces that look different but the states of the programs uh, probably there's not going to be a great variance you know a win or a loss here or there but they're going to be in the pac-12 they're going to be in the mountain west well can we honestly say in five years can you guarantee me byu's going to be an independent no i don't think you can no it's uh the tv network deals are up in 2024 and 2025 which means that right. certainly by 2023 uh there's going to be real serious conversations and yeah, that now real serious conversations. It could be a real serious conversation from a league that s- decides to stand pat, but they'll still be a real serious conversation. And that's why I think you need Tom Homo guiding this whole thing. I think you're right. I think he's invested too much time and too many decisions in that. And it's weird that these decisions are so permanent, but they can turn on personalities and personal relationships at the same time, of too, course. which is a really weird concept i mean you're making a decision for 50 years here possibly so (laughs) especially with byu which they're a little bit beyond the normal right so you've got to have people you're totally comfortable with and tom is a big time people person that he is which makes it all the odder that he sequesters himself he's good at the media thing i mean he's good at it oh yeah yeah absolutely and you could loosen it up without doing interviews every single day. You know, there's ground in between there. But Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, bringing you DJ and PK. Syringa Networks, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Kyle Goon covering the Lakers. He's been in the bubble. We'll talk with him. He works for the Orange County Register now. He used to work for the Salt Lake Tribune. He's going to join us at 8.30. And Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the Deseret News. More on the topic we were just discussing. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.